Now, now, real people, real opinions. Nighttime talk with Niall Boylan. Ireland's classic hits radio. We love our animals in this country. We love our pets. And there are many animal fanatics around. We talk to them on a regular basis. Well, if you're an animal lover, you won't be too happy with this. And the latest news, according to the latest figures, more than 90,000 animals were used for testing in Irish laboratories in 2022. That is according to the Health Products Regulatory Authority, the HPRA. And the report shows that mice, rats, pigs and sheep were used to test cosmetics and medicines. Poor little piggies. Anyway, this has, of course, prompted an outcry from animal rights communities who are demanding that alternative methods be used and demanding eventually a ban on the use of animals for testing medicines, vaccines, cosmetics. Cosmetics, not as bad as it used to be. Of course, it's a good thing nowadays for cosmetic companies to have on the back of their bottle or whatever it is that it's not tested on animals. We all remember those advertisements years ago with the poor little bunny rabbit strapped into this little device and them slowly dripping shampoo into his eye, you know, to make sure it doesn't burn your eyes before we sell it to a human being. And it was despicable. And that caused a huge outcry back in the 1990s, which forced a lot of companies to go down the road of not using animals. Some still do. Some of the main manufacturers, by the way, still do. But some of them don't. Dennis Neils of Sentient Rights Ireland and also Roger Yates, who is a lecturer in sociology at the University College Dublin, specialising in animal rights, join me on the show. Roger, Dennis, nice to talk to you, lads. Hello there. Thank you. Thank you, thank you Niall. Hi, Roger. Okay. Uh, Roger, just let Hi, me go. Dennis. To, let, oh, this is like a little love in, lads, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, well I, I'm, I'm just adjusting my adult uh, nappies. So. Oh, right, okay. Uh, by the way, I was surprised to hear that that particular statistic in America, that there was more adult diapers found than baby diapers. You know, anyway, I don't know what the population of the animals in the world, whether that's increased or not. It probably has, because they've always said that we as human beings will become extinct before the animals do, because they live longer. They're probably more resilient than we are. Anyway, Roger, just to you first. Is, do you find it a surprising figure of 90,000 still being used? Now, we don't use primates in this country. They do in some countries, but we don't. It's mainly, you know, kind of mice and rats and pigs and sheep and things like that that we use. Are you surprised with that figure? Uh, no, not really, um, to be honest. It, so it goes up and down, but it's always usually around about 90,000. I mean, I think it's about 93,000 if you look at the actual stats. But, um, and it's always the same in terms of, you know, the breakdown. There's always a lot more mice and rats, and then you get, you know, less and less of other species. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's quite a, quite a lot of um, agricultural research done in Ireland. So sheep uh, feature quite a lot and also so-called cattle uh, feature. But no, it's not really a surprise. I mean, look, the landscape of modern medicine would be unquestionably vastly different without animal testing, according to many experts. For example, research mm. on dogs, in which the animal's pancreases were removed, led to the discovery of insulin in the early 20th century. So, and I know there are alternatives, uh, Roger, but I do believe that we still need to do it until those alternatives are perfect, because the alternatives are not as good as the real thing. Well, I think, first of all, there's two types of arguments against vivisection. Uh, one are the scientific and vivisection ones, and the other ones are the moral arguments, which I, I tend to lean towards the, the second one of those. And, and the bottom line there is that um, for all the problems that humans have, it's, it's not other animals' fault that we are, find ourselves in difficult. So, so, so that's kind of um, one issue. 
Um, in terms of the scientific anti-vasectionists, they would actually contradict you and say that if we hadn't had experiments on other animals at all, we would actually be further advanced in terms of human health. Now Why? Because we would have tried harder. Is that what you're saying? Uh, well, it's more to do with the fact that you've got problems with ex- uh, extrapolation, that the species difference, you know, there's, there's been a whole history of species problems, you know, thalidomide, for example. And so in, in those terms, um, you know, we're not, as it were, researching on the right species. But, and, but, but, and mice, but there, don't mice have the same DNA or but certainly 98% of the same DNA as human beings. Yeah, but surprisingly, that, that difference uh, is quite meaningful in the same sense that if you research on some types of humans, for example, then you don't necessarily be able to extrapolate that data to other types. So if you do research on the elderly, it might not tell you much in terms of valid data. No, and, and, but, is, it, is it, but is that not the reason why we test on animals first and then we'll do a trial on human beings, them being the guinea pigs and who, people who get paid to do that, uh, usually yeah, people who are in vulnerable it's, situations? It's a, yeah, I'd accept that. It's a legal protection. So, you know, in, in other words, it has to be done before you can move into the human trials. But most scientists accept that it's only when you move into the human trials is when you actually start to get the data that you need. It's, it's just the fact that you've got this legal requirement that you test on other animals first in order to move to what they okay. want to do in the first place. Well, let, let me just go to Dennis on that point. Dennis, is it not the fact that we use animals first before we do the human trials to make sure there isn't a doomsday scenario? Because we don't want to do... Uh, look, you might have allergic reactions, you might have problems or cellular problems when it comes to human beings, but you're most likely not going to have a doomsday scenario because you've tested it on an animal first and the animal didn't die. Yeah, well, the the problem with testing on animals is that because they're not human, because they are animals, and the people who are doing it don't really care about them, a lot of the testing is just speculative. It's not done with any great um, ideal or goal in mind. And um, the vast majority of the tests, up to 90%, when they come to human stage trial, they're they're shot down because the the testing on animals is not what what needs to be done. There's a lot of modeling and a lot of other types of testing that could be done. We did a, um, um, a demonstration outside the biotech uh, building in 152 Pierce Street of Trinity College Dublin last year during the History Festival. Uh, they, they were holding lectures there. And the young students who were attending college there came up to us and they said they agreed with our literature and they were asking their aged professors would they not divide class into two sections, one to test on animals and one not to test on animals and do other sources of testing. And um, we, we see the future as being no testing on animals. We really... Oh, you're right. For, that uh, is the future. That, there's yes, no, that, and I agree that, with that, by the way. That is the yes, future. Yes. And the, the upshot of our demo outside um, the History Festival lectures was that when the Dublin History Festival went looking for a, a venue the next year. They didn't go there because the people going in were disgusted at what was going on. Me had facts and figures there. Ireland has the highest percentage of testing per capita in Europe. So this, this country, the, the biotech industry in Ireland is actually out of control. They're operating in all the universities and nobody, nobody is running this or, or overseeing this. We talked to the Department of Education. They said they have no control over it. We talked to Dublin City Council. They said they have no control over it. The Department of Health aren't interested. So who is looking after this? We discovered that animals died in the laboratories 
during COVID, they were let die, they weren't fed. And, and, and by the way, that's despicable because there should be very strict regulations around if we're going to do it and continue to do it until, as you say, in the future, there's a better alternative. Yes. You know, we should yes. be looking after the animals. Now, alternatives to animal testing, they don't always work, you know, because, for example, you know, if you if a scientist performs a test on computer models or a test tube grown cell or lower organisms such as eggs or vertebrates or other warm blooded animals, they might not see the full picture of the test results as they would say, you know, with testing on a live animal as such. So it's not quite the same. I'm not suggesting we shouldn't do it if it's possible. But surely, you know, at this point, we're still not at a stage, you know, where we can come up with some great discoveries. For example, the polio vaccine was developed for human use only after it was tested on animals. Advances in breast cancer, brain trauma, leukemia, cystic fibrosis, malaria. I could go on, multiple cirrhosis. They were all attributed to animal experimentation. I, I accept what you say there, Niall. The situation is that uh, if if we had been um, looking for methods outside of animal testing from way back decades ago, we mm. would be much more advanced now. As well, the, the, the major thing that is making us sick is the consumption of animals. If you look at what causes cancer, if you look at what causes heart disease, not all animals. Not, red meat, yes. And, and there's been numerous, there's lots of evidence to show that overconsumption of red meat is certainly carcinogenic and is not good for you. And, and by the way, everything yeah. in moderation. I eat red meat. Everything in moderation. Yeah. I'm not going to eat 10 steaks a week. And, you know, the World Health Organization yeah. brought out a report on that uh, not so long ago. Mind you, the person who wrote the report was a vegan. But that doesn't kind of help. It's a bit biased. But in saying that, I'm not going to deny red meat is not good for you. Too much of it. But in saying yeah, that, well, every, I, everything yeah. in proportion. Are, are you telling me, Dennis? that every doctor that I went to see in my lifetime who had that triangle up on the wall, you know, of the, you know, where you get your proteins, the eggs, dairy products, chicken, red meat, vegetables, are they all wrong? Were they all wrong? Uh, well, the, the HSE have the, the animal products now moved to the third shelf, so they're getting the message, but slowly. Also, the World Health Organization, as of 2015, deems uh, um, processed animal products like bacon, like all the deli meats, and indeed sausages, all carcinogenic A1, meaning that they definitely cause cancer. So why? Oh, well, I'm doomed. So I eat a lot of sausages. I'm doomed. Well, I don't. <laughs> I don't wish you. I don't wish you any day of ill health, Nile. We need you. We need your show here to highlight all these problems with animals. I mean, Roger, it is kind of the same thing as the kind of you know pushing people to be vegan as well. And I understand that people are very passionate about this. You and Dennis obviously are quite passionate about it. And I appreciate that and I respect that. But, you know, when we talk about, say, even veganism, you know, I mean, when we look at the world around us, animals eat animals. Now, I know human beings are slightly different, that we're more likely to kill each other anyway. But, I mean, we're not omnivores, human beings. We're not carnivores, but we're not omnivores. Or should I say we're not herbivores? We're omnivores. Um, And our digestive systems have changed since we stepped out of the cave. Our canine teeth have got smaller. We've evolved. Um, but we're still capable of eating meat. So, like any other animals, the only difference is we don't run after it in the field and kill it ourselves. It's all mechanised because the population of the world is so big. But So why are we so well, down on people who eat meat all the time? Well, it's a question of morals, really. I mean, to go back to your first point, uh, most other animals are actually herbivores because it can't be any other way around. The, the carnivore population is the smallest there is some research that in terms of our physiology and anatomy that we are much more herbivorous or a frugivore than a herbivore mm-hmm. but if we look at it as, as a spectrum 
we can say that um, if you think of carnivore, omnivore, herbivore, we're close to that kind of divide between uh, omnivore and herbivore. But what that basically means is that we then can make a choice. And the great thing about humans, allegedly, is the fact that we're moral agents. And so that means that we then can assess moral issues and we can make choices on the basis of that. And so what we say as the animal rights movement or the vegan movement is that, um, you know, the use of other animals is a rights violation. You know, assess that idea and come to the conclusion that the best thing we can do with other animals is not use them. But what you're telling me, you're, tra- you're trying to tell me that, you know, you're trying to equate animals to having the same rights as human beings. And by the way, no, I don't no, abide, no, no, I don't no, that, abide that, cruelty that, to that, animals. No, no, that's, um, that's a misconception. What, what it is, is um, animal rights is actually a modest idea. We're talking about negative rights, not positive rights. And we're talking about moral rights and not legal rights. And so, um, you know, a lot of people think, oh, you know, you, you want the right to vote for other animals. It, it's not it's not like that. That's a positive right. Yeah, but wasn't so there, wasn't there about... a case in New York uh, taken on behalf of an ape or a chimpanzee um, to the Supreme Court? That the, And it was a bit of a touch and go because if the animal had won, we'd be in right trouble. Um, yeah, what, that, there was a case taken. Now, yeah. they lost the case okay. that the animal want, they yeah. wanted rights for the legal rights for the animal. Well, what, what we would say from an animal rights point of view is that other animals already have rights. It's a question of the fact that whether we either codify them into law, so moral rights become legal rights, or the fact that their rights that they have are not respected. And so that's the first step for us, is to create a cultural change, is for people to understand that other animals um, are rights bearers, and that when you, we use them, that's a rights violation in the same way as mm. it would be with humans. But in terms of the full scope of rights, uh. it's not the same. Human rights, there's much more human rights than animal rights. I mean, I mean, Dennis, I don't wish either one of you ill yeah. will, but if, any, if either one yeah. of you ended up on your deathbed and a doctor walked in the door and said, <laughs> I have a tablet here that can cure you, but mind you, it's been tested on animals, you're not going to refuse it, are you? Yeah, well, well the, the, some the people thing, would. They all, <laughs> yeah, all, <laughs> Mad people would. <laughs> uh, the, the thing is, too, uh, Roger, we need to look at, um, or, um, Niall, we need to look at the situation in the round in terms of the consumption of animal products. If we look at the situation in relation to climate and sustainability and the ability to feed ourselves, here are some stats on this. Ireland, um, across four only animal types, um, uh, uh, violently slaughters 120 million farmed animals a year, give or take a million. Now, we export a big percentage of that, but we have to, and 92% of our farming land is taking up with animal agriculture, not with growing crops for human consumption. That means we have to import 80% of all our fruit and veg. And also, well, 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 we're going uh, to do, well now that hold on, that's a bit of a myth because we're going to do that anyway because a lot of those fruit and veg can't be grown in this country because we don't have the climate yeah, for it. Uh, it. Of course, they can, and we were always able to grow fruit. You and can't veg grow here. bananas and oranges in Ireland. Well, we could be well, well, bananas can, and can, oranges. Can we could in greenhouses. Well, in greenhouses, maybe, yeah. Yeah, but here's the thing. Here's the thing, Niall. In in what we export, the uh, nutrient value of that is much less than what we import. We import a higher nutrient value than what we export. So that means we are not self-sufficient in the food we need to eat. Everybody needs to eat fruit and veg, not just vegans. So in, in an escala- in escalating climate crisis, we are very vulnerable and we're open to um, fluctuations in you know world affairs. Think of Ukraine and the shortage of grain. Also, if you look at the 
the carbon food footprint for animal products. Uh, we're hitting about 34% for animal agriculture at the moment of our total uh, but, I, carbon, but, I, hold on, uh, but I watch documentaries yeah. in relation to this and yeah. the hypocrisy of all this, right? And I'm, yeah, by the way, yeah. I'm not denying the evidence that you're giving me, right? Yeah. But what I'm saying yeah. is, when you look at vegans and the growth of yeah. veganism in the world, yeah. that has caused a lot of rainforests to be cut down to grow soya. You know, you've seen oranges, for example, in Florida left to rot for days, which certainly has yeah. bigger carbon output than probably any animals. So what I'm saying yeah. to you is that there's a balance there. There's a bit of a hypocrisy there when it comes to veganism as well. Well, in relation no, to soya, 80% of the soya grown goes to feed the 99 billion farmed animals slaughtered violently worldwide. And in Ireland alone, we import 5 million tonnes of grain to feed our farmed animals, mostly uh, from all over the world, Ukraine included, but mostly from South America, uh, Argentina and Brazil, the Amazon area. And that includes soya and the ubiquitous palm oil, and this is genetically modified. But, I, but, I, but, but I'm listening, and I'll say this to both of you. That's okay. what's been pumped into our farm animals. I listened to a so climate we, guy we, there recently, a documentary, yeah. and he talked about, you know, the culling of animals, uh, you know, yeah. in relation to reducing our carbon footprint and all that kind of stuff, right? Yeah. And he was saying, if we culled the animals in Ireland, yeah. for example, it would be like yeah. walking onto the longest beach in the world and removing one grain of sand and expecting the sea not to come in. In other words... Yeah. I mean, I don't know what you think, by the way, and I'm sure both of you are delighted. Maybe I'm wrong in thinking that, that we're not that we're culling animals, that we're going to reduce the yeah. herd. You're probably not happy about culling animals because that's not the best way of doing it, really. I would rather they wait till they died. But anyway, yeah, yeah but, but certainly reducing the herds. I mean, we reduce the herd. There's still a demand for the meat. So all that's going to happen is you're going to have places like Brazil and Argentina producing more cows to export more meat to Ireland. So all we're doing, well, cull, is, all we're doing cull, is moving cull, the farting and belching cows to another country. Culling, culling is certainly out. What we need is a transition. And um, there are some farmers beginning to grow in Ireland, organic and some veganic. We just did a veganic webinar this evening. And um, we're thinking of setting up a veganic growers association, mm. if anyone out there is interested. <laughs> okay. We need, we need to transition to plant growing, not just in Ireland, but worldwide. That there is, that's the only sustainable okay. future in the same way as we need to transition from burning fossil fuel to renewable energy. Well, I, and by the way, I'm with you and I think we'll naturally yeah, transition you. anyway, right? I'm not one of these yeah. people who wants to lie out in the middle of the road saying, ban fossil fuels now. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't buy into everything that's going on at the moment and the taxes that are being put on things to discourage us, the kind of carrot and stick approach or the stick and carrot approach, should I say. I do believe, yeah. just like when the steam engine disappeared and we moved to fossil fuels in the first place, I do believe we will naturally transition over the next 10 or 15 or 20 years to probably using nuclear energy. I imagine nuclear energy is probably going to be the future. I don't think that wind energy or, so, or solar energy is the answer for everywhere because, it, unfortunately, it just isn't working and it's too expensive to run. But, but Roger, in yeah, yeah, yeah. relation on, to sentient yeah. animals, Roger, you know, I mean, there, there's a big push at the moment for insects, um, people eating insects, mealworms and all sorts of insects, insect farming. And uh, do you, uh, are insects still beings as far as you're concerned? Do, does that go against, can, can a vegan eat insects? Uh, a vegan probably uh, wouldn't do that. There's a great animal rights philosopher called Tom Reagan, and he basically says that if you draw your moral lines, as we all, we all do, because, you know, the, the basis of animal rights is, is whether they're sentient or not. And so there is a gray area when it comes to insects, or at least some of them. But he said, well, look, if we draw our moral lines, do it in pencil because it's going to move. So the general position now for 
vegans and insects would be that we would give them the benefit of the doubt and, and, and not consume them. Okay, so, well, then where does that leave both of you when there's a huge push not only to move to, you know, farmers and agriculture growing more vegetables and grain, but, you know, there's also a move to where farmers, you know, this idea of, well, it's all of to do insect with markets, farms. Though, isn't it? it yeah, as, as you said before about transitions, it's all to do with supply and demand. Now, I do know that in terms of kind of um, saleability, uh, the idea of eating insects is not popular uh, with people, certainly not now. So I think they're going to have a, a kind of um, image problem just getting that off the ground in the first place. Well, look, I have to say to both of you, it's been wonderful talking to both of you. Um, I don't agree, obviously, with Ali, what you say, but but it's very interesting and it's food for thought, pardon the pun. Um, it is food for thought. <laughs> when it comes to testing on animals, again, I agree with you, Dennis, and Roger, what you said in some sense too, that I think we will eventually move away from testing on animals. I'm happy to see there is a move away from testing cosmetics on animals, not as much as they're used to. I know still some companies still do it. And it's wrong. And by the way, I would I would always advise people, if you're buying cosmetics, it only takes a second. Have a look at the back of the bottle of shampoo or whatever it is. And it will say it mm-hmm. on the bottom if it's not tested on animals. If it doesn't say it, that's it probably right. is um, tested on animals. And, yeah, and, that's right. and that's completely unnecessary because that's for vanity. So it's completely unnecessary. In relation to drugs, life-saving drugs, I don't think we're too far away from alternative, you know, secure, 100% reliable alternative methods of testing drugs. You know, because computer advancement and AI, I suppose, is really being developed now. And I think it won't be too long before AI um, and computer, computer yeah, development. The, the, only, the only thing I'd say there, if, if I may, is the fact that you, you seem to be putting up this, this thing about, well, the unreliable alternatives versus the reliable um, tests. Because they want to save lives. Yeah. Yeah, but, but they're not reliable from, from a, a scientific anti-reception point of view. That's, that's what you're saying. In fact, as Dennis was saying about percentages, some of, some of the people who work in the labs say, well, we might as well toss a coin because we, we, can't, we can't get any better than that. And so it's not, it's not as though the scientific community are wedded to vivisection as a method. It's just that they're required to do it through law, going back to the fact that you said, oh, well, you know, be, be, before, you know, give a, a big list of, 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 of things, well, they did animal experiments first. Well, yeah, because they're, they're required to by law. Okay, listen, guys, Dennis uh, Nealis from Sentient Rights Ireland and Roger Yates, lecturer in sociology in UCD, specialising in animal rights. Thank you very much indeed, lads, for joining me in this, uh, this evening. Thank you, Niall. Thank you. All right, I'm sure I'll talk to the lads again. I think I spoke to Roger before, actually, about horse racing, if I remember rightly. Is it Roger? I can't remember. Anyway, maybe I did, maybe I didn't. Um, I want to get your thoughts on this. The number, as usual, 087 If you're pro-animal testing or if you're against animal testing... Um, I want to get your thoughts. Do you believe it's necessary to test drugs on animals? Joan Burgess from the Vegan Society. Joan, good afternoon. Good evening. Sorry, I've got to get mixed up with the sound. Hiya. How are you How doing? Are you? Good. Uh, good. I get mixed up at the time of the day because I'm constantly talking on a microphone all the time. My brain is fried. No, that's <laughs> fine. Don't worry. Me too. Okay, you wanted fine. to come on to correct some information you believe was wrong. So what was the information you believe was wrong? Well, listen, I only caught a small bit of it because I was actually, uh, I, I just tuned in a bit late, but you were on about soya. Yeah. And um, it's, it's a great old misconception that, you know, we're, um, you know, the soya is being used for human consumption. Us vegans, you know, us baddies. <laughs> I'm not, um, I'm not saying not you're bad. baddies, by the way. I never said you were baddies. Yeah, well, all it, I, it all I said, okay, to clarify what I said was, 
that because there's a huge increase in the amount of vegans in the world, which is, by the way, a plus thing, uh, there's a huge increase in the amount of vegans in the world now. There was already a demand for soya. I know that because, as the lads mentioned, um, that it's used, obviously, to feed the cattle and it's used to feed the herds, right? But there's a huge increase in the demand for it. And I remember reading a story, I think it was either The Guardian or somewhere, or Greenpeace might have put it out, that more than 400 square miles of the Amazon forest rainforest was cut down for soy farms. And they were given out about the fact that, you know, this is contrary to what we should be doing, you know, providing more trees to take that carbon out of the atmosphere. Yeah, but, but, but Neil, the soy, is the, as you rightly pointed out, has been used for animal feed, 94% of it. Absolutely. So the, but the, yeah, so but the animals haven't increased. We've the same, our herd is the same size now as it was 25 years true. ago. That well, is well, I, well, I only spoke to farmers there recently and they told me their herds haven't increased. Well, that might be anecdotal, Neil, but uh, worldwide we have 100% increased. Like we, the, the, I mean, I, I heard one of the guys saying, you know, 120 um, million animals killed in Ireland. But worldwide, the figure is staggering. It's 91 well, billion. Hmm? 91 billion to feed 8, million, 8 billion people, mm-hmm. of which 1 billion are starving. So you would have to accept that if we're slaughtering that many animals worldwide, who are, by the way, fed on grain and, and yes. soya from those from the Amazon, and one billion of, of, of that eight billion are starving, that our food system is not working. But you also have to accept, Joan, and I'm, by the way, I'm not making this out to be a negative thing. I'm just saying sometimes there are, there are, there's a bit of hypocrisy. You do have to accept that yeah, because no, there's an increase I, in vegans in the world that there's a bigger demand for soya. No, but but Neil, what you're saying doesn't make any sense. When when you're you're agreeing with me that the, it's going to feed those animals, right? And well, so you're you know, saying it balances out, is what you're saying to me. In other words, no, it doesn't balance out. Ninety six percent goes to animal feed and animal grain. That is where there's a recent report in the journal linking depletion of the Amazon to our to Ireland's beef and dairy industry. I mean, what you're saying, it, there is, uh, vegans are not responsible for this. Look, I mean, I might even... I'm not blaming vegans. I'm not blaming vegans directly, by the no, way. But, 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 like, it, it it makes no sense what you're saying. I've just given you... Okay, the, I, the, okay so I, I, get the point, I get the point you're making. Because yeah, vegans are not like, eating meat, that's less animals to feed in the first place. So, in other words, it, the, the alternative, I, I do get the point that you're making in relation to the reduction of animals it, but, that would be killed if we were all vegans. But but look, the, the the food system isn't working at all. For for a start, there's the you know the environmental devastation, you know, um, and as I said, that amount of animals being slaughtered and yet one billion people starving, and of course it's contributing to drought and famine and all sorts of things worldwide. It's 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 nonsensical. It is. A I I do believe I do believe Joan that we if we could see forward a few hundred years maybe. I do believe we live in a world where animals won't be eaten anymore. I do believe that human beings are evolving away from eating animals. Um, I, I was watching a documentary once about the human body and how the human body has evolved from the day we wa- stepped out of the cave or the day that Lucy, the first woman in the world, by the way, she was a woman, lads, the first person that stood up on two legs, um, started <coughs> eating meat and they had carnivorous teeth. They had longer intestines to obviously digest meat products. Whereas now we have a much shorter intestine. We've evolved and we're not so much carnivores anymore. We're kind of omnivores now. More so maybe leaning towards herbivores. And I would agree with what Roger said in relation to that. 
Yeah, but like, you know, animal agriculture started about 10,000 years ago. Back then, people ate meat once every couple of months. Like I heard you saying, I, I eat meat in moderation. Well, in moderation, according to World Health Guidelines, would be that you eat approximately 200 grams a week, which is about a small burger, like one single burger. So like, but that's probably not what you would think is eating red meat or any meat in moderation because you probably I, eat I don't eat. Daily. I don't eat that much red meat. I'm going to be honest with Joan. I mean, mainly but, poultry. Well, red meat, yeah. Yeah. Red meat includes like pork and, and, yeah. and other meats. Actually, it's, it's, it's a bit I like kind the, of, I like the hot sausage know. in fairness. Um, yeah. But, um, uh, and, and look, you know, it's, it, Listen, I've been vegan, you know, for about five or six years. And well my, done, by the way, if that's what you want to do. But I have no desire to be a vegan. Yeah, but I, I think at this point, whether you have a desire not to be, surely you have a social conscience. No, surely no, you I don't. Accept that you don't have any social no, conscience. No, I don't, I don't believe me eating meat. I don't think I'm responsible for the world uh, when I eat meat. I enjoy my, my meat. I enjoy my food. I enjoy a nice dinner with uh, eating meat and that's just what I want to do. And you don't. And that's your choice. And, and you're you're happy to do that and I'm happy for you. Um, I, I, I don't think it's that simple, actually. So are you accepting that we do not have um, a climate crisis? That well, you, th- you think that mean, you think me not eating a steak on a Sunday is going to affect the world's climate? I don't well, think so. Neil, Neil, we all have to take individual responsibility. I mean, we, you know, we're, we're I not... Believe, like I personally living. believe, and, and obviously, you know, I talk to different people and experts on different occasions who will challenge that, but I personally believe that it's completely over-exaggerated when we talk about animals in relation to Ireland in particular. For example, I mentioned already that we're cutting down the herds. A lot of farmers don't agree with that, but they're being paid to do it anyway, so they're being sustained by the, by the government. But in saying that, so, us sorry, reducing... What don't you agree with? Well, us reducing the herd by that amount is not going to make an ounce of difference to the climate. Uh, Neil, that makes abs- again that makes zero sense. Our agriculture emissions is our highest emission. Okay, and what happens when we reduce 4%. the herd? Do, do you think every, when when farmers reduce the herd, do you think everybody in Ireland is suddenly going to eat twenty percent less meat? I don't think nobody so. Does, no, nobody does everything suddenly. Everything, I mean, that is also ridiculous because everything has to be a transition and right? and when and, and when and when are china and brazil and argentina and all these other countries that couldn't care Neil, less cannot, about the climate yeah i i i agree they should be held accountable but I and mean, they'll just I export their food here and make money and we'll buy it you know what Sorry? i mean they'll just export their meat to ireland and we'll buy it Neil, we are exporting our milk to China, a country that is 90% lactose intolerant. It is as unethical as giving cigarettes to children. Are you kidding me? Well, I wouldn't. You, you I don't drink milk. You've understand about this. No, well, well you're well, entitled sorry, to your I opinion, guess, and I'm entitled to I my am, opinion. And, and I would say that you got your head in your sand as well in relation to some of the stuff that you said tonight. But I respect your opinion. No, I respect I, your I, view. I, no. There is absolutely nothing I have said that isn't evidence-based. And okay. by the way, no, I am I, a no. When we're talking about when we're talking about climate and the effects on climate and different things in the climate, it's based on a hypothesis. No, it's not. Okay, we All we, right. we are accepting. That there are many there are many scientists around. No, no, no. Hang on. There are many scientists around the world who don't agree with the steps that we're taking. Many scientists. Well, you just don't. You just don't listen to them or agree with them. That's fine. Well, I I think I am actually speaking to a climate denier. So it's I'm not a climate denier. <laughs> oh my god, I'm certainly not a climate. See, see what I mean? That's the ultimate in a debate, isn't it? 
shut down the debate no, by calling no, the person no, a climate no, denier no. or if it's about no, immigration, no. you call them right wing or you call them... So, no, you know, that's not that. silly, well, Joan. No, no. What, well, I think you're being silly, saying that we do not have an individual responsibility. If we don't... How, how else can we progress if we don't all take individual responsibility? Right, well, you use the word individual and you're absolutely right. And individuals have a choice. And if individuals want to have a social conscience and take part and they believe that's the correct thing to do, well, then do it. But if other individuals okay. believe, well, no, I, I don't think so, that's the way. I believe this guy here and I don't want to do that. That's fine. They have, a, they have their own social conscience. I might have a social conscience about different things to you, for example. You know what I mean? So anyway, but can I ask you about the other part, the other aspect of which we started off talking about tonight, which was vivisection sure. and using animals, you know, and by the way, I don't always agree with using animals to test drugs, to test cosmetics or whatever I it is. I did hear you say that. Absolutely. And I, I support what you said in that regard. Yeah. The very was, thoughts I, I of an that. animal having perfume dripped in its eyes or dripped on its skin to see what it burn them, to me, is just outrageous in, in 2024. There's no need for that. That's for vanity. That's Absolutely. ridiculous. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm glad we actually agree on something. <laughs> okay, okay. And in relation to life-saving medicines, I agree with the lads. There are a lot of medicines that we don't need to test on animals. But I still believe we're not at a point in medicine where we can completely get rid of it, yet we don't have those alternatives. Maybe you disagree. Um, I, 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 I do disagree because... Um, the, the result basically well we're not animals are not humans so the results actually don't apply right and, and that's the basic well they do course, in some circumstances joan uh, no actually they don't they they're there's the safety results um are not reliable they're not reliable at all and i'll tell you i'll tell you what uh, one of the main reasons we cannot use animals for organ transplants because our cells don't match and do you think that by now, through all the science and, and all the research and all the money that's been spent and all the need for people to have organ transplants, that we wouldn't be using them? But we don't use them because they, we are not compatible. And for the same reason, medicines and safety and the data just doesn't support it. The only way forward really that's, that's is... Like, sorry, um, sorry for interrupting you, but we sometimes... You know, when people get a transplant, even from another human being, it's not compatible in a lot of cases, actually, in most cases. And we have to take anti... Well, no, but hang on. And hang on. We have to take anti-rejection drugs on a regular basis if you've had a transplant. Yes, fair. And also, we do use animal products on human beings. Um, We've used, for example, they use pig skin for, um, what do you call it, skin grafts. And they have used pig skin because pigs are very like human beings. Neil, you could count on one hand how many times it's been successful. It doesn't generally. I don't work. agree with you it, by the way. I'm just saying we yeah, do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, but it doesn't. So, so for the same reason, you can you can test animals. You can you can test them till the cows come home. Excuse the pun. But really, the results and the data are not reliable, which is why scientists are saying, no, this isn't safe. We, you know, well, then why, why life, is it but... scientists, when I'm reading up about it, and I read about it today, why are scientists say, for example, you know, they put down uh, research on dogs, to the, the discovery of insulin. The polio vaccine, for example, was tested on animals originally. And, and where I agree is, from a doomsday point of view, in other words, when they test it on an animal, if the animal doesn't die, I'm not going to say they're going to get accurate data and accurate results from it, that it might work. But at least the animal didn't die or it didn't cause heart failure or it didn't cause you know, a serious respiratory problem that killed them. And then we have to test on a human being who's willing to do that, by the way. And human beings have died during trials, by the way. Many human beings have died during trials. So 
what I'm saying is it's tested from a doomsday point of view. Yeah, no. Look, personally, if some medicine, um, you know, was was tested on on mice and um, and then was, you know, I, I'm sorry. It, the well, can I ask you a question? Like, can I ask you a question, John? Yeah, you can ask me any. I'm going to ask the same. I'm going to ask the same question I asked Roger, and I hope you never have any ill health in your life, and I hope you live a very healthy life, and I'm sure you will. By I've, the way, I've, yeah, yeah. Okay, I, but let's say, okay. let's just say, for argument's sake, you're lying on your deathbed. And a doctor comes into you and he says, I have a drug here that will save your life. One injection of this and you'll be right as rain. But it has been tested on animals. Would you refuse it? Um, well, OK, that's hypothetical because honestly, um, uh, it, it, that scenario is not going to happen. There is no well, That scenario happens every day. It happens every day because most drugs that well, we do actually, use are tested on animals. I've, 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 I've had cancer twice, so... Uh, I, no one has ever come in to me when I was having cancer treatment and say, listen, you need just one shot of this and you're going to be right. There, there is procedures. Of course. And there is a, a certain there's treatment and there's radiotherapy and all that. And I've had all that. and I've been through all that. I've two, two members of my family are doctors. Listen, that, that, it, it's a nice, like, whoa, amazing scenario. But give me, a, wait, Joan, just, give me a, just pacify me here and give me a yes or no. No, I won't pass by him. And in an argumentative mood, life's too short to be in an argumentative mood. Uh, yeah, no, maybe, maybe, yeah, whatever. Yeah, sorry, what, what, um, so what's, so what's your question? (laughs) So the question is, would you deny yourself a life-saving drug or treatment if it was tested on an animal? You're, you're like saying to me, listen, if fairy godmother came in, why the magic wand? <laughs> you won't <laughs> answer the question. I'm going to answer. I'd say, of course, give it to me. So there you go. There's my answer. Well, I, I, I'd, say, I'd say it's just a daft question because you know that doesn't exist. There's no such thing. But it does. A, well, no, well, hang, well, hang on. A pill to cure your life or a pill... No, no, well, it does. Mean? I mean, there are many pills no, and medications that keep people alive on a regular basis. No, it doesn't. Listen, I'm a health professional. I know. There are, I, I, know I absolutely health. know. I know, I know medication basically treats symptoms. It doesn't treat the disease, right? And I'm well aware of that. But there are many medications out there that are making people's lives last longer. That's why, of course, the population of the world is getting older because we're living longer. So... There are many medications that keep people alive. Yeah. And a lot of those medications are tested on animals. So it's not hypothetical. And a lot of those uh, uh, medicines that are tested on animals um, have been shown to be unreliable, uh, completely unreliable. So it, we, we, are, we are, you know, flogging a, a dead horse. Pardon this, the pun. We need to look at all... Ter- yep, big pardon the pun there. I, I don't know why all these animal metaphors... <laughs> Popping into my head. Like, <laughs> from oh, a, ve- from oh, a vegan, yeah. that's not good, Joan. You need, yeah, you need no, to look no, at yourself. No, no, I'll, have, I'll have to blame my father for, you know, my, 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 all those old sayings that literally come into um, my head when I'm in a corner. But no, listen, um, I, I look, I, I hear what you're saying. I actually do appreciate some of what you're saying because I do feel that. You, you know, you, you gave a good message there about, you know, the ridiculousness of cosmetics. And, mm. and actually, most animal testing ridiculously is used for cosmetics. You know, yeah, well, no, that's shampoos, despicable. Yeah, I mean, no. shampoo yeah. stings your eyes. So close, close your eyes in the shower. You know, I mean, it's, 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 um, it's crazy stuff. No, um, one of my brothers who's a doctor said uh, he wished, he wished, he wishes to his dying day he could unsee 
what was done in the labs. And he said none of the data was ever used. I, and I mean, and I'm not going to disagree. I would hate to be in one of those labs and I would hate to see what it's done. And I'll give you one quick brief story before you go, right? Um, I went to a wedding going back, and I'm a meat eater, but I went to a wedding going back about 10. Uh, I, Neil, I figured you're a meat eater. I actually did put that one together. <laughs> okay, fair enough. I went to a wedding about 10 years ago. It was a two day wedding. And on the first day, I was out, it was at a castle kind of farm type castle and I went outside yeah. and there was a farmer standing at this pig pen and uh, there was yeah. a pig and he was That's a lovely little he was a lovely little fella and I was rubbing him and he was telling me his name was Charlie and I was going oh yeah I said, and he says oh yeah I've had Charlie for a long time and all those things anyway that's the kind of farmer's accent I was doing there by the way anyway I, I, I really got attached to this pig I thought it was lovely and I spent about you know half an hour chatting to the farmer about how intelligent pigs are and all this kind of stuff went back into the wedding next day they had a barbecue for, you know, the families and the kids because it was a non-kid wedding. And um, I went over and there's the farmer and he had the pig on a spit roast. And he said, you want some pulled pork? And I'm going, is that Charlie? And he went, yeah, what do you think I was going to do with it? And I went, and for that moment, Joan, I was one of you. Yeah, for that moment, for that brief moment. But to be honest... Because I felt sorry for Charlie. um, I did, I felt really uh, sorry for him. uh, Well... Good, you clearly have empathy. Um, but listen, Charlie, you know, um, obviously I'm sorry Charlie, you know, died and was killed, but actually most pigs never see the light of day. They are factory farmed and they're, slow, they're gassed actually at six months old. The, the, the mother pigs are kept in farrowing crates. They can't even turn over. So actually Charlie, even though he was He was lucky, yeah, to some up, degree. Uh, he was, he probably had a slightly better life than other pigs. Obviously, I wouldn't eat Charlie. Okay. Um, but the horrors of factory farming of uh, for pigs are, are just... No, know, I, I've um, seen the videos. I've seen the videos. And, and it should turn people off eating meat. But it doesn't. It's just like I've seen the videos, Joan, of people dying. And my own mother, uh, who died of emphysema, you know, but I was still a smoker up until recently. So you, do you understand okay. what I'm saying? So uh, sometimes yeah, we... No, I, I you do. Know, I do. I do. That's a okay. fair point. Joan, jo, listen, thanks for joining listen, us. Listen, I... No, no problem. I actually did enjoy chatting. Happy to give you the opportunity to to retort. All right, thank you very much. Let me go to John O'D just before I go to the break. John, hi. How's it going? Oh, sorry, John. You you climate denier, you. Ah, damn climate (laughs) deniers. (laughs) You had me wonder for a minute, and you said you were talking when you took a a kind of fancy to that pig, and you said I was chatting for half an hour. To Charlie. Yeah, I said, don't tell me. No, but you said, I was chatting for half an hour. But before you got to the farm, I said, don't tell me he's going to say he was chatting for half an hour with the fecking pig. <laughs> I, I was chatting to the pig and the farmer. Yeah. He was lovely. Little pig. Pigs are very intelligent, by the way. Pigs are more intelligent than dogs. You know that, don't you? Oh, yeah. And they're contrary to what people say. They're actually clean as well. Yeah. You know? they, they don't particularly like strolling around the muck, by the way. That's just that's a misconception, <laughs> I think. A stereotype. Somebody actually, the, those kind of things, we always use in cliches animals. And another one is, of course, you cheeky yeah. monkey. She's a fish out of water. I've been busy as a beaver. There's an elephant in the room. He's a night owl. The guy's a lone shark. He's a cold hearted snake I could go on <laughs> yeah no as a as a girl's the testing on animals for cosmetics I'll be totally opposed to that right because to me that's only vanity right for people that use cosmetics about the basic creams and stuff like that all the other fancy stuff like with the fancy names and the designer brands we all know like I mean that a lot of that is tested on animals right it has been from a, for a long time uh, people eating too much meat obviously it is bad for you they're too much red meat 
you know, but in moderation, everything is okay. But when it comes to medicine, I don't care how many dogs, cats, pigs, giraffes, elephants, rhinos that you have to kill. Ah, to no, John. I don't agree. I don't necessarily keep... agree with that. We have no, to no, be to conscious keep... of the shortage of certain species. We, we, I mean, we have to be no, conscious but, no, of no, that. No, no, if no. It, if it means that they have to plow through the animal kingdom for to keep the human being alive... Off you go, I, well, I, no, I, I'm going to agree to accept. I believe that the human being. I don't know whether Joan would agree with that, but I. But the, the I believe the, the I, Well, I do believe the human being. We are top of the food chain, and I do believe yeah. you know that in a selfish kind of way, we are the most important. And I'm not saying yeah, animals aren't. I'm not saying animals aren't I important. Mean, they are. I mean, if if they hadn't tested the polio vaccine, or because I was born in the fifties, right? And the thing is, like, I possibly wouldn't be talking to you, no, maybe if that vaccine hadn't come out. Because the polio epidemic would have rolled on and on and on. So therefore, the point being is, there's a lot of uh, stuff like that. You now, polio and smallpox and whatever would be still rampant in countries like ours in Ireland today and Britain or whatever, if they hadn't tested it on animals. And if they still have to test it this day on animals, and they can get a cure for Parkinson's, motor neuron disease, cancer, I don't care. So long as we are looked after and they get a cure for me, if I end up, God forbid, getting one of those diseases, I don't give a shit where it came from, what animal had to do as long as I live. Is that, now, someone argue that's a kind of selfish attitude. Do you, do you think that's I couldn't care less. Okay. And yeah. I'm speaking for, I'm speaking no, for you're, a lot you're entitled of people to, you're entitled to your view of it and your opinion of yep, it. And yep. I don't think I'd take that hard line of an approach to it. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that I'm lying in hospital and somebody's giving me a drug, you know, to help get rid of bad symptoms or pain that I'm kind of going, oh, the poor pig or the poor mouse that had to die for this. I'm not thinking about that. Or the same way I'm not thinking of the pig when I'm eating me sausages on a Sunday morning. Just like the house burning down, like, I mean, uh, and, uh, like, who do you save? Do you save the dog or do you save the child? Well, you save the child, don't you? Of course, yeah. And I would, ha- I would hate to think any vegan even would think otherwise. And then, then, and but but, I, but realistically, child, if you can save both, I mean, you know. Oh, yeah, but after saving the child, then you didn't take a chance, we said, the father of the house running in, then possibly to his day to get a fucking dog, right? People uh, would. Do not... People love their dogs that much, they would. I know people who do. Who would run into a burning building for their dog. No, we're not in a million years. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, John. You know, I, I, I had a dog. I burning building. I think I would run in if I could thought I could save the dog. Jesus, no way. No, you I, wouldn't, no, I wouldn't like to see an animal die unnecessarily in that sense. No, but no, nobody would. But if there was a danger, like, I mean, to the human being, we said the father of the family, you, like, I mean, as a husband, like, to your wife, why would you take that chance over the fucking dog? Like, I'm no, sorry, no, no, like, no, I'd wait up the want... situation. I'm, I, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I don't want to see a dog born to death or any, any pet, like, but at the same time, if it's putting you in danger or me or the head of the household or the wife or the daughter trying to run in to save our pet dog, I'd be dragging them back for the hair of the head. Now, now, real people, real opinions. Nighttime Talk with Niall Boylan. Ireland's classic hits radio.